It's a rivalry game so many wish could happen every year. When you see it on the schedule, um, you realize it's going to be a fun one. But after tonight, Notre Dame and Michigan go on another hiatus. This one will be in front of a packed house at the Big House. Always wanted to play there. It's Notre Dame's first road tilt since the Georgia game, where Nose played a big factor in Notre Dame's defeat. We'll be loud, uh, and uh, certainly communication will be very, very important for us. It's Notre Dame and Michigan. One more time, it doesn't get much bigger than this. It's hard not to just get extremely excited for that when there's you know 110,000 people screaming. That's that's why you come to Notre Dame. Come to Notre Dame is playing games like that. Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. The boys in maize and blue taught the men in blue and gold how to play the sport of football. It's a game that first started in 1887 when Notre Dame beat Michigan for the first time in 1909. The Wolverines said no more. They ended the series. They didn't start playing again until 1942. There's been all sorts of stoppages along the way. There's even been the blaring of the chicken dance song after wins. Tonight, Notre Dame and Michigan Michigan Tangle one more time. Then we'll wait to see how long it'll be until these two Midwest college football rivals go at it again. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame 5-1, ranked 8th in the country as they go on the road to the big house tonight to face 19th-ranked Michigan. The Wolverines coming off a narrow defeat on the road at now 6th-ranked Penn State, 28-21. That drops the Wolverines to 5-2 and two overall, joined as always by Kevin Downey. And Kevin, Notre Dame also coming off the bye, and they had no school this week. So uh, two weeks to prepare for Michigan and all week to focus 100% on football. Yeah, and I think without those distractions and to be able to, uh, again, bye weeks are great. You can really look at yourself and look at what you're doing well and what you need to address. And one of Kelly's uh, strengths over the past two to three <laughs> seasons has been to, uh, the constant improvement. So I look forward to seeing what they come up with. And, and then certainly being able to concentrate 100% on football and not have to worry about all the academic rigors that come with being at Notre Dame. That, well, that school always gets in the way. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> true, though. It, I mean, the, the academics are extremely important. So when you can go dive right into all all the aspects of football in a week because you're off on fall break, that that definitely helps uh, for this one week for, for the football team. Yeah, it does. But again, from a coach's perspective, you get a chance to really look at yourself as a team. Um, you get a chance to uh, do a lot of self-scouting, see where your weaknesses are, and improve them. All right, on tap on this morning's show, our Focus on Faith segment is with former Irish quarterback Dean Christ, always someone who's had incredible perspective on What's really most important, Jafar Armstrong expected back for real today. We'll see what kind of impact he can make. Can the Irish handle the noise in front of 110,000 at Michigan tonight? And a pair of poll questions. The first, what happens tonight? 
Does Notre Dame win by seven or more? Does Michigan win by seven or more? Does Notre Dame win by six or less? Does Michigan win by six or less? Still time to vote. Head to my Twitter account, at Carlo. Give us a vote and your reason why in the comments section, and we could read your answer later in the show. Um, let's start with some news and notes. Uh, we got to start with the weather. I mean, it is Cold going and to... rainy. It's going to be a lot of rain. Um, there is a let-up coming at around 10 p.m. It's down to 90% chance of rain from 100%. <laughs> so it could be clear. Uh, what do you think with it raining pretty much this entire game? Is that an advantage for either team in this one based on the way the styles of the two teams? Uh, really, the styles of play are pretty similar. Um, I, they do both like to uh, try to run the ball on offense, and they have aggressive defenses uh, – and then I think the play action passes are actually going to, it's going to help them. But the thing that I notice in this Michigan team is uh, their quarterback is um, pretty sloppy with the ball. You know, he's had early turnovers. Granted, I think you and I talked that his last game was a little bit better. But if you have uh, trouble holding on to the ball and it's going to be raining the entire game, that would be a major concern. So. Yeah, but then I look at it the other way because Notre Dame, you know, will they be able to run the ball? And we'll talk about this in the next segment a lot. Will they be able to run the ball against a really good Michigan front seven? Seems hard to imagine they were going to have trouble no matter what. Yeah. And then in this weather, it might be even harder. And that makes me a little concerned that this game will be one of those 9-7 games. <laughs> but we'll get to the predictions coming up. That's so, right. Um, that's definitely. And then the other big news uh, of, of the weekend, according to a report by Irish Illustrated on Friday, wide receiver Michael Young will not play tonight, is leaving the Irish program, and he plans to transfer. He's expected to graduate this May from Notre Dame. He's only played in three games so far this year because he was recovering from a broken collarbone. Look for Braden Lindsay to get more time. Perhaps we'll see more two running back sets with Jafar Armstrong and Tony Jones. But certainly, um, at the very least, in terms of distractions, now we don't know exactly when this news came out. Did, did Notre Dame know this for 10 days? Was this a surprise this week? I think it was kind of a surprise this week um, based on when things came out. So that, that definitely can be... A distraction because Michael Young is a very well liked player on the team, a well spoken individual, yeah. always seems to be smiling. For him to say, Nope, I'm out, that can be distracting heading into a big rivalry game. Well, it's just odd to have a starter uh, do that and somebody that has experience. Um, but again, maybe that's part of that self-scout. Maybe there were some younger guys that uh, really pushed him in practice and were gaining ground, and he saw his playing time going down. Um, you know, he said he's a high-character kid, so I don't think it was an argument with an assistant coach or anything scandalous. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you, you know, it depends when they knew about it. If they had two weeks to prepare for a new uh, person – that's going to be different than if they have a walkthrough the day before the game. Yeah, and evidently Young not as excited to play in this game as everyone else. He actually could have played tonight and still preserved his redshirt year since he's only played in three games so far. So that makes it the most bizarre. You know who is excited for Notre Dame and Michigan tonight? Irish quarterback Ian Book. We're super excited. I've never been down to Michigan myself, but you know, growing up, I feel like that's a place you dream of playing and. Um, it's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be loud. We're excited. And, you know, we're especially, you know, we just want to get a big win uh, on a road game. So it's big for us. And um, I just, you can tell everyone this week is extremely pumped up, excited, and confident. Our, our players are, 
keenly aware of its great history and tradition over the years. A lot of these guys are recruited um, to Notre Dame as, as well, and so, uh, you know, you're only a couple hours away. It's, it's one of our only two bus trips, maybe three, with Purdue that we, that we take in our time here. Uh, so, you know, the proximity is, is certainly one that we're quite, uh, you know, aware of as well. So, clearly the guys know Michigan. They know the history and tradition of it, and they know it's a really good football team. I think that, look, what gets their attention more than anything else, it's a really good football team. And uh, if it wasn't, we'd be talking about other things. Well, we could talk about other things, and that, that is how great the series is. And no question, you know, Notre Dame-USC, that's the biggest rivalry game for Notre Dame. There's probably no game that fans hate, no team fans hate more than Michigan, if you're a Notre Dame fan. Well, I think in our region, right? We're right by the state line, so it, it's pretty intense here. Yeah, so I think that adds to it, because there are Michigan fans in, in town, and then mm-hmm. a certainly... It's almost as soon as you go up nine thirty three, or you know, you know, you you go up one of these roads, you go up Gumwood, you pass that state line. Yep. Suddenly, everyone seems to be Michigan fans. So it, it works out that way, and that's what makes it fun. That that's what makes it exciting. That that there is that heated rivalry. Uh, we know, of course, the series ended in twenty fourteen. The Irish won thirty one nothing in Notre Dame Stadium. Came back last year. Notre Dame won twenty four seventeen in the season opener. Uh, we don't know when they're going to play next. Uh, hopefully they get this back on the schedule. We're not waiting 10 years or something like that um, because I think this is a, a, a great game and you want to see Notre Dame and Michigan playing very often. Two great programs with great history, Midwest powers. I mean, yeah, for sure. I think it's one of the neat things. I do have to make an admission. When I was a kid, I liked Michigan's uh, helmets. I liked the maize and blue more than Notre Dame just because how they look. All right, uh, poll question. How often should Notre Dame and Michigan play? Your options were every year, home and home every five years, home and home every 10 years, or never. I can't believe 6%. You guys are the funny ones. 6% said never. (laughs) (laughs) Overwhelming majority said every year, 67%. Home and home every five years, 25%. Home and home every 10 years, 3%. Uh, I absolutely agree it should be every year. Um, The problem is it's not realistic because of – uh, especially because of Michigan's nine-game Big Ten schedule, and people are like, "Oh, they can make it happen." Well, look, these teams are playing six or seven home games. Mm-hmm. There's not, they're not going to get around that when when they have those issues in play. Playing, it basically would mean they get to play nobody else as a national power if they chose to play Notre Dame. So it's understandable. Notre Dame's got the five AC games. They're going to play Stanford, USC, and Navy, so they're kind of locked in as well, landlocked in that regard. But Man, play get, when you can. <laughs> but I, I'd love to see them make it a permanent rotation yeah. that every five years you're going to play home and home. And then, okay, there's going to be a couple of years where you don't, but that means every class is going to get this rivalry game because they deserve it. This game's awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, think of also the recruiting. You're, we want to bring kids to the Midwest. You're going to want these highlight games. Yeah, uh, Joseph wrote in, every year this is one of college football's greatest, most illustrious rivalries. It needs to be played every year. Go Irish. All right. uh, (laughs) I love this soundbite. Here's what what Jim Harbaugh had to say when asked this week about Notre Dame and Michigan Priceless. This Saturday is the last time that Michigan is scheduled to play Notre Dame. And with all the history in that, um, 
you know, that rivalry, how are you kind of seeing this match up more broadly, you know? Uh, that's a big game. To follow up on that, would you like to see this uh, series resume after uh, you know the contract ends here? Uh, I think there's some discussion about it. What's your opinion about it? Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> I mean, all right, you know what? Play it again. Play it again. It's too good not to play it more than once. That that is absolutely amazing. Uh, let's yeah. All right, let's play it. <laughs> This Saturday is the last time that Michigan is scheduled to play Notre Dame. And with all the history in that, um, you know, that rivalry, how are you kind of seeing this matchup more broadly, you know? Uh, that's a big game. Yeah, that's a big To follow up on that, would you like to see this uh, series resume after, uh, you know, the contract ends here? Yeah, we're talking about uh, I think there's some discussion about it. What's your opinion about it? Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, yeah, you know, it's good that we play Western Michigan every once in a while. That'd be good. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we know who Jim Harbaugh is. Quite the character. He is a character, and uh, wow. I, I mean, I love that. That that when I, I was tearing up when I watched that happen uh, when I first saw it. Unbelievable guy. Um, but yes, it is a big game. But we will say, despite that he said about nine total words and three questions there, there's some discussion about it. Yep. So who knows? Maybe maybe tonight we'll find out, hey, in 25, 26, they're going to play or something like that. Uh, we can only hope that would be good. But, uh, um, you know, based on the way Jim Harbaugh answers some of those questions, it makes you wonder what he says to his players and whether or not there is a starting to become a disconnect up there because i mean he just doesn't seem that relatable in terms he's of the a way character he, I, don't, I mean i don't know he's a good coach but he uh yeah he's a unique individual yeah we want to thank tyrac for being such great supporters of redeemer radio the folks at tyrac underwrite our internship program with high school students from Mar Marion and St. Joe. The students are getting college-level internship experience thanks in large part to the generosity of Tyrac. More tires, great prices. Visit Tyrac.com. Some Notre Dame players are from the greater Ann Arbor area, so this is a huge game for them. That includes defensive ends Khalid Kareem and Ade Ogundeje. I'm going to be excited, but I have to keep myself, you know, chill because like, I'm not a person who really plays like, at like a really high, like, you know, like optimal zone. I'm kind of right there in the middle, kind of like calm, cool, collected. So just for me, maintaining that will probably be the biggest thing for me. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be different. You know, it's going to feel different. You know, it's going to be exciting just being out there. You know, I feel like I've always been watching on TV and looking at it from the big house and being like, oh, wow, it's special. But now running out there as an opposing team, opposing team in the big house is going to be definitely special. You know, it's going to be awesome. Did the uh, atmosphere stand out to you? Do you still Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It was uh, it was huge. I mean, the stadium's big. It's 100,000 people screaming. The, the atmosphere goes nuts. So it was definitely a crazy experience for me. That was Ade Ogundeje. Before that, Khalid Kareem winning at the big house. Certainly not easy for Notre Dame. They've lost four straight at Michigan. Last win was in 2005, 17-10. How about this stat? The last eight times Notre Dame and Michigan have played at night, doesn't matter which location, the home team has won every single time. 
Wow. That that's a home field yeah. advantage because that's when the fans are going berserk and they are providing that home field advantage. You know who's not good when the fans are going berserk on the road? Notre Dame. They <laughs> they have not been good. We know what happened against Georgia. They played better, but ultimately, what was the difference in that game? The crowd false noise, the crowd yeah. noise, false starts, takes, all the yep. that aspect. We know, of course, what happened in Miami two years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, if they make the progress from Miami to Georgia and then Georgia to Michigan, they should be fine. But yep. uh, I, this is a factor, and I don't know until we actually see it whether or not we can believe that Notre Dame is over these issues and capable of winning an environment like this. Well, and they tried to address it, uh, but again, they're going to have to work on that and kind of work through it. And it, just the buildup, like you said, the environment's going to be really intense. I think Notre Dame's a better team and they should win, but you know, now it's in a different environment in the big house and there's lots of stuff going on. They're going to get the best game from uh, Michigan. So yeah, I think Notre Dame, again, is a better team and should be able to handle it, but they have to go out and do it. Here's what Chris Fink, Ian Book, and Brian Kelly had to say about overcoming the noise tonight at Michigan and make sure cadence issues uh, like what happened against Georgia don't happen tonight. It's definitely important to be prepared um, when there's going to be a loud, loud atmosphere. Um, so we've been blaring crowd noise at practice and, and working on ways to uh, run the offense efficiently through that. So... Um, it is very important to be able to do that so you know you don't have any any penalties or any miscommunications. Obviously Georgia was extremely loud and we had a couple of cadence issues you know we fixed that we've worked on that this by week and um, you know this week as well so um, yeah just being able to embrace all those elements for the, some of those guys who haven't played in huge loud games like that you know just find a way to you know calm down and have fun with it it's gonna be awesome that, that, that we like when it's really loud we like when there's a lot of people there we like when it's you know, primetime television. So that's the point, and that's why we come to Notre Dame. Well, we started our our cadence, our nonverbal cadence last week. Um, I learned that that's something that uh, requires much more repetition. And uh, so uh, that was learned, uh, and uh, we're not going to make that same mistake twice. Um, I think, you know, our guys are really tuned into um, understanding that the atmosphere will be uh, loud and that you cannot be distracted if you are interested in executing at a high level. We're not going to make that same mistake twice. They've made it over and over again. That's that's the problem here. Um, and I don't know if blaring music, I don't know how else you're supposed to prepare. Yeah. Outside of, say, inviting 10,000 of your closest friends and putting it indoors <laughs> and being Have like... shout at you? Yeah. We want you to say every negative thing you guys can think of and yell at us. It's not going to hurt our feelings. The the ne- more negative, the better, because I think, you know, Im- I think it becomes white noise when you just hear music or um, piped in crowd noise. And maybe you are able to tune it out. Different than when you get to 110,000 people and it's a little different. I don't know if you're tuning that out as well. I don't, I don't know. I never played in this, so I have no way to be able to compare how difficult it is. But it shows you why it is so hard to win on the road in college football, especially in really tough environments. Well, and with the uh, the offensive trend that they have now with all the no huddle and going as fast as you can, um, it communication does become a real big thing. So part of the ways that they're able to get so many plays off is either hand signals or sign signals or pictures or just words, you know, where a quarterback will say like hamburger and then they run a play. It's different when you can't hear anything and everybody's yelling. So yeah. um, 
the, the old school football of getting in a huddle and kind of talking it out and then walking up would have been maybe that's what helped uh, negate some of those issues earlier. Well, Unless you think now all the giant sound systems and, you know, the crowd noise is louder. Could be. I don't know. But um, it's definitely an issue. Uh, the show through on Georgia. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be amazing if their way to avoid it is, hey, here comes a huddle. Yeah. <laughs> we're bringing the 1980s back. <laughs> we're we're going to huddle up and we're going to go two RB set. Tony Jones and Jafar Armstrong. By the way, here's a scary note. Uh, Austin Huff from the Goshen News uh, tweeted this stat out yesterday. Ranked teams, Notre Dame has defeated on the road under Brian Kelly. It's happened three total times. 2012 at number eight, Oklahoma. 2012 at number 10, Michigan State. 2015 at number 21, Temple. Uh, I hate when you show me those stats. I mean, that's crazy. It is. That is crazy. I mean, that's not good numbers right there. And the fact that they haven't been a road team, uh, ranked road team on the road since 2015 ain't good either. Um, You have to also play ranked teams on the road to make that a possibility, but certainly not a good sign and something we'll all be keeping an eye on to see how, you you know what's one way to fix it? Michigan's five and two. Yeah. You get up 14, nothing. That crowd might be dead. Because they're going to start turning uh, on their team. So that's a way to fix it. Score score early, get up by double digits, and it might be hard for Michigan to come back. Yeah. Um, again, then you look at that, what, overtime against Army, Those the crowd went crazy. Yes. <laughs> so so you, they can come back to life. So they can't get on but, all over But them. then is when they didn't have any losses, <clears throat> and they still believed. Now Good, your, point. Good point. You have two losses. You're starting to teeter. Things can change in a hurry. Yep. All right, still to come, former Irish quarterback Dane Christ is our guest on Focus on Faith. Dane explains how his faith helped guide him through really tough difficult injuries while at Notre Dame, plus what it meant to get married here at Notre Dame, his Notre Dame, Michigan memories, and his thoughts on Ian Book. We also like to thank Fiddler's Hearth for being such great supporters of Redeemer Radio, locally owned public house. Fiddler's Hearth has 24 beers on tap, so your options are plentiful. It's also family-friendly. And they have great Sunday brunch from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. They want to reward the loyal listeners of Redeemer Radio. Just mentioned you heard Fiddler's Hearth on Redeemer Radio to your server. You'll get 10% off your bill. That's Fiddler's Hearth on Main Street in downtown South Bend. And congrats to Fids on being named Michiana's Best Irish Pub in the South Bend Tribune's Reader's Choice Award. When we return, how important will running the football be tonight? And could we finally see a whole lot of Jafar Armstrong back from injury? All that and more when Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays returns on Redeemer Radio 95.7. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Did you know that Notre Dame FCU provides financial assistance to help our members at participating Catholic schools? 
To find out the details, ask your local Catholic school principal. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, you raise share values. Why not share in our benefits? And congrats to Notre Dame FCU for winning three South Bend Tribune Reader's Choice Awards, including Best Local Institution. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey back with you here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays as we get you set for Notre Dame and Michigan coming up tonight. 7.44 kickoff on ABC. And we turn our attention now to the running game for the Irish Tony Jones was awesome two weeks ago against USC, Kevin, 176 yards rushing. I mean, we talk about a guy that many said, you know, he can only do so much, Mm -hmm. and he's been doing a whole lot this year, Uh, has really been um, a leader with Jafar Armstrong sideline for almost every play of the season. Well, and I think that was a big breakout game and answered some questions. Again, the breakaway, total elusive speed (laughs) once he gets out there, you know, 100% 100% see it, but you almost don't need to. If you can grind it out and you have good offensive line in front of you, um, and again, he's taking steps, so maybe he's getting more confident and growing into that role, but they definitely ran the ball better as a team, and he was a huge part of that. On the season, now has 567 yards rushing. That's 93 yards per game, 7 yards per carry, and 4 touchdowns. Now, Jafar Armstrong did return against USC, but if you missed it, I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> he was barely in there. Tore an abdominal muscle early versus Louisville in, in the first game of the year on the opening drive. So we, we really haven't seen much of anything from Jafar Armstrong this year. Will we see more from Armstrong tonight? Brian Kelly says yes. Well, Jafar is going to be an important part of our, our game plan. So as much as it was just really kind of getting him through a game situation and getting the taste of it for USC, you know, it's, uh, it's not a full go for him. Uh, this week will be um, him being factored into our game plan, uh, playing a prominent role, uh, and I think he'll, he'll have an impact. Okay. Do you believe Brian Kelly? Because he told us a whole lot there if he's telling us the truth. Yeah, from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> no. Right? Well, no, that was from Monday. No, I know. Oh, I know. Right, right. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, he yeah, said. Well, on. a couple of weeks ago, at least he said he could. He, he didn't He's say going yet. through the. Yeah, yeah. 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 He kind of said similar things about Sean Crawford this week that we could see him make an impact. This was more definitive. Remember, he said two weeks ago, he said, I don't expect him to put on the cape and be Superman. True. This was closer to maybe he can be Superman. <laughs> um. So we. <laughs> Hopefully we'll just see him out there a little, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. Um, Michigan's defense is really good. They've allowed just 56 points in the last 17 quarters, 3.3 points per quarter, including a 10-quarter stretch with no touchdowns allowed. They've held five opponents to less than 285 yards. And how about this? Since the loss to Wisconsin, this is four games. Uh, the defense allowed a total of 212 rushing yards on 131 carries. That's just 1.6 yards per carry. That is not easy. That That is Georgia-esque in terms of the, the front you're going to face here for Tony Jones, uh, Jafar Armstrong, and the Notre Dame offensive line. And I'm not saying they're as good as Georgia, but... They're, they're more in the Georgia category than they're in anyone else's category than Notre Dame, Notre Dame has faced so far this year. Well, and Wisconsin has a whole different kind of run attack, but those other teams, it's similar to what Notre Dame does. Um, and what strikes me about uh, Michigan's defense is they lost a lot of people from last year, so there's a lot of new faces. 
but they're well coached and they're still super aggressive. Uh, nobody really stands out, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. That means they have a lot of good players, especially in the front, um, and they always have skilled people uh, on the corners. Here's what Brian Kelly had to say about Notre Dame's need to run the ball on Don Brown's defense. There's going to be times where we're going to have to run the football, uh, but there are other ways to win games as well. And uh, we're, we're – we're committed to finding ways to win first, um, but we also know that uh, we have been most effective in winning games over the last few years and finding a running game at some part um, of the game. And maybe it's not the first quarter, maybe it's the second or the fourth, but we're going to have to carve out um, a run game at some time during the game. Um, and. And, and that's just being persistent, uh, and that's that's being patient. It's probably uh, a little bit of those both, and I think I think we've been that to allow a run game to find itself at some time during a game. So that to me sounds like hey, we know we're not going to be able to run this ball down their throat all game, but we got to find. Try. We're going to try <laughs> at some point to to get this run game going. Uh, the interesting part to me will be. If you do go with these two RB sets, is that just opening up the game to be able to throw those screen passes okay. to Jafar Armstrong, who used to be a wide receiver? Yep. Because that's that's an aspect of this uh, passing attack we haven't seen, or the extension of the run game, they like to call it sometimes. Mm-hmm. The, the screens have not really been there, and that was a focal point last year for, for Ian Book. So I think that's the aspect they might be able to get, to get back here tonight um, uh, against Michigan. Yeah, and I think uh, it'll be interesting to see just how much they actually do of the the two back. It won't be like, again, the old school 1980s where one back will be designated to be a blocker. Um, but no, per- perhaps just to have the deception of two guys back there, even people going in motion. They've done that a lot with their the uh, kind of jet sweep deals. But yeah, I think the play action and again, the, the weather will come back and play into it too. Uh, you need to be able to to run the ball. Now Now that it's all field turf, you don't have to worry about mud, but it'll still be slick, um, which could be an advantage. Maybe a defender slips and you get out on the edge and you can go. On the other side of the ball, Michigan has some great wide receivers. Ronnie Ball, Donovan Jones, Peoples, uh, Nico Collins. Brian Kelly asked to compare the wide receivers to USC. Says, these guys are different. USC has more speed, but Michigan's guys can use the height and strength more. So that means a different way of defending, says Brian Kelly. You know, people talk about 50-50 balls. I mean, you, you can't give up 50-50 balls. So, you know, how do you turn that factor uh, into your favor, you know, you have to play some zone coverage. You've got to take away um, the high percentage 50-50 balls because of their size. So, um, you know, you're double zoning, uh, you're playing some bail, you're doing some things where, you know, you're keeping the corners over the top uh, with some help underneath. So you have to, you can't just line up in one coverage there because they're going to win some of those matchups. So, Giving the corners some help, um, varying some zone and man looks uh, outside is very, very important. Um, and, and certainly uh, not giving uh, Patterson the same looks every time. He's a smart quarterback. He can run uh, if he doesn't like what he sees. Um, and, and what we did really well last year was we put some pressure on the quarterback. I think we need to do that again. All right. Um, Sean Crawford 
Brian Kelly said he'll play. How much he can play will be interesting. I'm not expecting that much. Again, his comments sounded more like the way he talked about Jafar Armstrong a couple <laughs> weeks ago. So I don't know how much Sean Crawford will will see. Mm. And again, Notre Dame secondary came through against USC, um, which yeah. we had a big question mark about that. The, again, this is a different, as he mentioned, this is a different type. Mm-hmm. And But I think you're going to see a whole lot of Kyle Hamilton. You're going to see those three safeties playing yeah, a whole lot in this game. Because sure. they they have to. They, they That's that's the one thing Michigan can try to exploit is their advantage of the size with their receivers. Yeah, and I think if you uh, – Notre Dame obviously did a great job of, match, of stepping up against USC. The, if you just look at personnel for this whole game, what Michigan has um, – as a strength for them would be their wide receiving core and even the tight end position, you know, number seven black and number four Collins, those guys are really good. And then going into the year, number nine people's Jones. I mean, yeah, they're good. I don't think they're as good as USC, but they don't need to be. If you just look at the strength of Michigan's personnel, those that's the people that stand out. Um, So full team defense, defensive line for Notre Dame has to put pressure on them. Uh, linebackers do what they can and matchups kind of underneath. And then you have the two really good safeties. Um, well, three now potentially when yes. you do the substitute package. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be good. Again, I believe Notre Dame is a better team, but you got to go out and play in the big house and prove it. I'm right, really excited for our tie rack game of the week coming up Friday night as 9-1 and Marion will go on the road to undefeated West Noble in the 3A sectional semifinals. Michiana's high school football show, Tailgate Talk, gets you started at 6 p.m. with the tie rack game of the week between Marion and West Noble to follow right here on Redeemer Radio 95.7 coming up on Friday night. Up next, Irish quarterback Dean Christ is our guest on Focus on Faith, a conversation you won't want to miss with the former Irish signal caller. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays is back right after this. What's the difference between Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and a bank? Well, banks are owned by investors looking to make a profit. Notre Dame FCU is different. We are a not-for-profit member-owned cooperative. Our mission is to help our members improve their lives by providing products and services that save them money. If we end up with too much money ourselves, we simply give it away to our members' favorite charities. Last year, over a million dollars. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. If you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life Today. Coming up right after us, Lenny DiLorenzo of the McGrath Institute for Church Life is your host. That's next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Former Irish quarterback Dane Christ, our guest this week on Focus on Faith, tore his ACL as Notre Dame's backup quarterback 10 years ago, then was the starter a year later. Brian Kelly's first year was having a solid year, then injured his knee again, was done for the season, won the starting job in 2011, got benched at halftime of the first game. So he went through a lot, says Faith helped him guide him through it, got married a few years ago on campus at the Basilica and Morrison. He talks about that experience and shares some great stories about Notre Dame and Michigan. Ian Book and his predictions for tonight. Here's Focus on Faith with Dane Christ. All right, Dane, uh, I see uh, you and your wife Hillary were back on campus for the USC game. Uh, am I correct? Was that a 30th birthday celebration? <laughs> um, it was definitely a 30th birthday celebration and, and celebration at that anytime you can get a win over the Trojans. But 
Um, you know, my birthday fell in the middle of the week. It just happened to coincide with uh, the USC weekend. Uh, and then our firm uh, hosted a, a big tailgate uh, before the game. So it was a lot of fun and always great to be back on campus. What's it like being 30? You're joining the old group. Yeah, you know, uh, things just hurt a little more than they did <laughs> the day before. But uh, beyond that, I mean, life, life is good. Uh, nothing to complain about on my end. Uh, so still pretty fortunate, all things considered. Well, what was it like being back? I know you try to get back, what, once a year, once every couple of years? Yeah, I mean, uh, my wife Hillary and I, you know, try and get back uh, a couple times a year, normally for, for a game or two. Um, you know, I, I, it, obviously Notre Dame holds such a special place in our hearts. Uh, you know, we met there, obviously had an incredible experience, you know, playing for the football team there. Uh, my wife and I were married there. So any opportunity that we get back to be back on campus is, is fun for us and, you know, worth the effort of uh, coming across the country. But uh, normally a couple times a year, it's always special. I mean, I can't, ima I can't imagine uh, what more that they can do as far as new construction and development. But it seems like every time we're back, there's a new building that we don't recognize. So that's always fun and exciting for us as well. You know, Dane, obviously your career didn't go exactly the way you wanted to at Notre Dame with, with all the injuries, both your sophomore and junior year, and then, you know, senior year you got benched at halftime uh, of your first game. But what I was always fascinated about was how you always seem to stay positive, and I don't remember you ever being bitter, and then now you're talking about always wanting to go back and everything like that. How did you maintain that level of maturity during those what had to be extremely difficult times well i mean i think it's a combination of things and and uh not to say that you know every day was was great and easy and you know rainbows and butterflies but i really attribute that to you know number one just having great counsel right you know between my family my friends my wife my coaches my teammates um you know everyone that just kind of kept things in perspective and you know i think what's lost on a lot of people is that while you know we as college football players get to do something that a lot of people would kill for and you know it's, it's a lot of it's very exciting and everybody wants to um you know have the career that goes to the nfl and you, know, you play in the hall of fame but you know i think just being able to take a step back and just appreciating how cool it was to be at a university and an institution like notre dame um you know and, and recognizing that as football players you know football is something that we do it's, it's not who we are as people um and, and it's finite for everyone right whether you have kind of the the career that you have dreamt about since you can pick up a football since you were a little boy or, um, you know, even if you're only to experience it in, in some capacity or it's cut short, whether it's injury or for other reasons, um, regardless of that fact, you know, you get to always be a part of something that's incredibly special that people would quite literally kill for um, and that's bigger than you. And, and I think that that's, I think just being able to remember that at all times is, is kind of got me through the more difficult times. How much did your faith help you get through those tough times, especially the injuries? Well, I mean, I think absolutely. I mean, I think that was probably the forefront of, of uh, you know, what kind of gets you through there, right? I, I think, um, you know, being able to, you know, overcome adversity is, is uh, probably the, the, you know, uh, toughest thing for, for anybody to, to deal with. But, you know, just having, a, you know, having faith in, you know, God and, and having faith in, you know, that there, there's a plan that's much bigger for you and, um, you know, the, your job while on earth is to try and have the, the greatest impact on others and, you know, be service oriented and, and do all the things that, um, you know, I was raised to, to, to value. I think that's, that's huge, right? And so, you know, you talk about how important your faith is to you, but it can't just be lip service when all of a sudden, you know, the rubber hits the road and, um, you know, things don't necessarily go your way, right? I, I think 
being able to be grounded in your faith, both in good times and in bad times, um, you know, I think is, is the important piece of that equation. You aren't Catholic, but you went to Notre Dame High School in Los Angeles, run by the Brothers of Holy Cross, which, of course, have such an important role here at Notre Dame. Uh, you know, do you feel by going to both Catholic high school and a Catholic university helps shape you spiritually? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, um, you know, one of the biggest foundations of Catholicism is really service, right, and service for others. And um, I, I think I always grew up with a strong service orientation, and that was definitely cultivated and fostered through my time at Notre Dame High School and certainly, um, you know, at the university. And obviously the Holy Cross tradition um, was something that you, you, know, you learned apart and, and learned about and, and were very much a part of both in high school and, you know, in college. Um, so much so, in fact, that I, I, a lot of the brothers that lived on campus at Notre Dame High School in Sherman Oaks would actually vacation in South Bend. Um, and so when I got there and when my teammate, Anthony McDonald, who also went to Notre Dame High School with me, um, got to the University of Notre Dame, they'd invite us over to the brother's house and, you know, make us lunch and have us over for meals. Um, so there was definitely, you know, that familial aspect, which, you know, as a, a kid coming from Southern California and having a bit of culture shock, you know, moving to South Bend, um, it was nice kind of having, you know, that, uh, that continuity there. Um, but I, I think that, you know, while, um, you know, it was great to have the opportunity to go to both the high school and the university, what was consistent was really the, the emphasis on service for others. And, and that just really spoke to me and something that I've always been passionate about. Um, so it, it was definitely a, a big part of my experience at the University of Notre Dame. Former Notre Dame quarterback Dane Chris joining us here on our Focus on Faith interview on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays as the Irish get set to face Michigan tonight. Uh, Dane, we talked about your wife, Hillary. Uh, she is Catholic, and she went to St. Mary's. Uh, how did you two meet? Um, so that's a great story. So uh, my wife, Hillary, was actually a high school classmate of one of my college former or college former teammates, Jonas Gray. Um, they were uh, in school together, and uh, he was the one who mutually introduced the two of us. There you go. So football plays a big role in that in that aspect as well. Jonas gets the assist for that one, that's for sure. Uh, do you guys have a favorite spot on campus that the two of you like to go to every time you're back? Um, you know, I, I think it's always uh, a, a must for us to, to get on campus and to go, you know, light a candle and say a prayer at the, got, at the grotto. Um, that's always just a, a you know, incredibly uh, – special time for us um, we love to go poke our head in the basilica that's where you know we were married um, and then really just kind of walk around campus I, I lived at Morrissey and, and O'Neill while I was on campus so kind of walking by both of those spots um, but I, I really just you know I, I like walking around campus at night when it's just quiet and beautiful but um, the grotto is a, a definite must for us you mentioned getting married at the Basilica. You had your reception on campus then at the Morrison. What what was that experience like of not only getting married to your love of your life, but also doing it at the place that you guys met and, and the place that you kind of shaped who you guys are? Well, I mean, I think it was it was a no brainer for us as we thought about you know where we wanted to be married. It was just a no brainer in that you know our first choice was you know unequivocally. Uh, being married at Notre Dame for a lot of the reasons that you just outlined that, you know, I, I grew up in Southern California. My family's all here. Uh, you know, we now live here together, but um, Hillary's family's from Michigan. So when we thought about like, you know, just really the most special place for us where we had 
you know, the majority of our love story and kind of lives together, I mean, that was at Notre Dame. And so, you know, we thought that that was the most mutually significant place for the two of us. Um, and, you know, what a dream come true it was for us to be able to accomplish that. And now it's so special for us that, you know, we can go back every time we go back to, to Notre Dame, whether it's for football games or other, uh, you know, events, we, we can kind of relive that day a little bit. And, and that's great for us. And, you know, hopefully some, you know, someday, God willing, we'll be able to take our kids there and show them where mom and dad got married. So, um, you know, that's always going to be something that's, that's really special to us. And we consider ourselves very fortunate and lucky to have had that opportunity. Former Irish quarterback Dane Chris joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Uh, can't not ask you about Notre Dame versus Michigan. Uh, you played in a, a wild battle, one that you actually got hurt in, and, and then you rallied the Irish back in 2010, but Michigan got you guys in the end. What were your memories of that one? Well, I mean, uh, you know, that was certainly a, a crazy game for us for a whole host of reasons. I mean, I think, you know, the, my uh, – most fun memory, I guess, coming out of that would be, you know, throwing what at the time was a record for longest touchdown uh, in Notre Dame Stadium to Kyle Rudolph, um, which was a blast. And uh, but that whole game, I mean, was was such a battle. But I think that's true of any rivalry game that you go play in. So, um, you know, while there's definitely some mixed feelings, you know, as it relates to Michigan, it's always, you know, a fun opponent to get ready for and prepare for. Um, so, you know, it it was uh, a lot of fun playing against those guys and uh, cool opportunity. You know, that that game was before all the concussion stuff came out. I've always wondered this, and I don't think I've ever had a chance to ask you this. That game's played in 2018. You coming back in the second half? <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I, I'm don't. i not a third-party physician, or physician uh, consultant there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, that, that wasn't, uh, you know, different times for sure. Um, but I, I, I'm sure I would have done everything in my power to be back on the field. Um, but that's a different day and age. <laughs> that's true. Um, you know, it's interesting that Ian Book has won so many games these last two years, yet getting a lot of criticism. Um, what are your thoughts on that as someone who's been in his position before, seen the success he's had, and yet people are like, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't know if he's good enough to lead this team to, to where we need them to lead us to. You know, it's um, you know that's that's part of the gig, and and Ian knows that, and you know every quarterback that's ever played at Notre Dame knows that. That you know the the quarterback in Notre Dame is always going to get way too much credit and, and way too much blame, but that's just part of the nature of playing quarterback at Notre Dame. Um, you know, everybody loves the two. That's that's just how it goes, and that's you know historically what it will always be. But um, you know, as I've watched Ian, uh, you know, what I've really appreciated is just you know how he takes care of the ball. Um, he's incredibly efficient. Um, you know, I know that the offense has, has had some struggles at times, but that's true of every offense. And, you know, you, you work through those lulls. But um, you know, I think I've just been most impressed with his ability to take care of the football. Um, clearly, he's the leader on that team and, and on that offense. I mean, guys really rally around him. You know, and he does all the little things that I don't think really get captured in the stat sheet, right, whether it's extending plays or – you know, um, understanding, you know, how to protect his body, right? When to get down, when to sell out, right? And take a hit in, in you know, the median, in an attempt to extend a drive. So, I mean, I think he does so many other things beyond just throw touchdowns and completions and move the chains that I think get lost on a lot of people that, you know, he's going to always have to deal with some sort of criticism, um, whether, you know, he plays the perfect game or not. Um, that's just part of the experience. And I know that he's got great, uh, you know, a great mentor in, you know, Tommy Reese, who's there now, who lived it and can really, 
um, shed some light on what that experience is like. So I think that's a huge, huge thing for Ian to have, you know, in the football building, you know, where he's got a guy that he can relate to and talk to about what that experience is like. And then, you know, just walk a couple doors down the hall and talk to Ron Paulus, who's also there and can shed light on that experience and what it's like to play quarterback at Notre Dame. So nothing, you know, there, there's the resources for him there. And I'm sure he'll navigate that just fine. Finally, Notre Dame, Michigan in the big house. What's your prediction? Uh, I think it's a win for the Irish. I mean, I think, you know, coming off of a bye, you know, you hopefully get some guys that um, were either a little banged up or um, just, you know, that much more healthy. Um, you know, big, big game, big stage in the big house. Um, I'm sure, you know, it'll be a fun, enjoyable, you know, atmosphere for those guys to play in. But, you know, I've just been really impressed with, you know, how uh, both sides of the ball have played complimentary football this entire year. Um, you know, I'd expect, uh, you know, 14-point victory for the Irish here. I think they win big. Ooh, 14 points. Look at you. All right, uh, Dane, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we, we appreciate it very much. Thanks, Don. Appreciate it. Thanks to Dane Chris, former Irish quarterback, now a financial advisor out in Los Angeles. Uh, so uh, appreciate him coming on. Kevin, anything stand out to you from that conversation? Well, I think it's neat that he uh, met his wife there. And mm -hmm. again, I proposed to my wife at the Grotto, so it's a cool, special place for me. And then not in the same breath, but in the same breath, that I, it's interesting that he said that everything comes to an end, you know, the, especially football career Um yeah, you, there's going to be a last season somewhere in there. So it's kind of neat to see them all grown up and, and moved away. Dane mentioned getting married at Notre Dame. You, too, can host an incredible wedding weekend at Notre Dame with venue ND, once-in-a-lifetime experiences, and wonderful settings made for making memories that last forever, from rehearsal dinners to wedding receptions to farewell brunches. Make a tradition of your own by calling venue ND at 574-631-1400 or visit weddings.nd.edu. You remember, you don't have to be a Notre Dame alum or employee to have your reception at Notre Dame. Have your wedding at your local church and then your reception on campus. What a beautiful combination. All right, we are running well behind time, so it's going to be the ultimate game day sprint coming up. Our predictions for Notre Dame and Michigan right after this and Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Imagine a world with no poverty, a world where everyone has food to eat, clothes to wear, and is able to make rent each month. The St. Vincent de Paul Society is working towards that goal. We are committed to ending poverty by serving our community one neighbor at a time. We have seen the power one person can have on those we serve. Join us in the fight against poverty. Visit svdpsb.org or call 234-6000 for more information. All right, Notre Dame, Michigan, it's our sprint. Ian Book, does he got to play his best game of the year tonight for Notre Dame to win? What do you think? No, I think he just has to do his normal thing. Just not turn the ball over, which is definitely his normal thing. I think that's pretty pretty important. Shea Patterson, what do you think of him, the Michigan quarterback? You said you, you that's have That's a real concern. That's a weakness for him. They have got to have ball security from him and the whole team. That could be a problem. Uh, Jim Harbaugh called his performance last week versus Penn State heroic. Interesting words from Jim Harbaugh. Here's what Khalid Kareem and Ade Ogundeje had to say about Michigan quarterback Shea Patterson. I mean, he's an electric player. He knows how to, you know, read defenses. He can, you know, move in and out of the pocket. You know, once he gets like once he doesn't see his reads, he tucks and runs. You know, 
we just have to really contain him inside the pocket and just be on our rush lanes and just try to do our best to keep him within the pocket and then get some pressure, get some sacks. He's a great quarterback. He's mobile. He can get out of the pocket. He can make plays when he's running as well. So that's always a great thing to have when you're a quarterback. For us, it's just going out there and playing our job, doing our job, you know, being able to contain him and then always just being focused on every single play. So doing the little things right. What worries you most if you're Jim Harbaugh here tonight? Uh, the weakness, just ball security on offense, especially the quarterback, but everybody. Hold on to the ball in the cold rain. Uh, I think it's got to be the Irish defensive line just bringing that pressure to Shea Patterson like they did last year. Um, that could be a difference in being able to, to your point, being him being able to hold yeah. on to the football <laughs> if they get to him. All right, what worries you most if you're Brian Kelly? Um, I think just personnel matchup. Michigan's going to have a good defense, but the uh, wide receivers are the best players on their team, so watch out for number four and number seven. Again, with our two, uh, with Nordame's two good safeties, they should have things handled. All right, I don't know if it's his biggest worry, but it better be his biggest worry all week for the last 10 days, and that's the noise. Get it together. Yep. Make sure you're ready for the noise because it's going to be loud in the big house. Good all right, what happens tonight? Um, the poll question, ND wins by seven or more, got 64% of the vote. You people are crazy. This is going to be a one-point game. Michigan wins by seven or more, 5%. ND wins by six or less, 22%. Michigan by six or less, 9%. So only 14% are picking Michigan to win this game. It is a Notre Dame-centric following. Big Dave said low scoring, Notre Dame wins... 24-19, Michigan's been exposed of bad offense. ND defense does have work to do. Rain wind will cause slower action, but don't see ND losing this one unless major errors are made. I can't disagree with that. Roger Grossman from News Now Warsaw wrote in, at the beginning of the game, they boo Notre Dame. By the end of the first quarter, they're booing their own team. Interesting perspective. All right, uh, quickly before we give our final predictions, here are your three stats Notre Dame 11-1 after the bye under Brian Kelly. Michigan 1-10 versus top 10 opponents under Jim Harbaugh. Checkmate Notre Dame. Well, how about this one? We said it earlier. Last eight night games in this series, the home team has won every single time. Something's got to give. Which way are you going? I think Notre Dame's going to win. I think it'll be a close, though, just because of all the... Uh... All the fa outside factors, so Notre Dame 24, Michigan 21. Yeah, I don't feel good about this one in any way whatsoever. <laughs> Nothing makes me feel good about this game if I would be a Notre Dame fan. It feels icky, it feels ugly, and I'm still going to pick Notre Dame 20-19. to 19. I don't know how Michigan's going to get to those nine, 19 points, but yeah. it's going to be, maybe Harbaugh's going to go for two at the end and not get it. I don't know. We'll see, uh, but it, it's going to be crazy. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where Bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Matt Florian. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Michigan will kick off at 744 tonight at the Big House. You can watch on ABC. I'll be heading up to Ann Arbor for the game, so be sure to stay tuned for our to our social media accounts for updates from throughout the evening. It's a top 20 showdown between two of college football's most historic programs, Notre Dame and Michigan, for the 44th and final time. For now, we close our pregame the same way the Irish closed their pregame with a prayer from one of the Irish team chaplains. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, 
And by the glorious intercession of Mary, our Lady, may we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. What's the difference between Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and a bank? Well, banks are owned by investors looking to make a profit. Notre Dame FCU is different. We are a not-for-profit member-owned cooperative. Our mission is to help our members improve their lives by providing products and services that save them money. If we end up with too much money ourselves, we simply give it away to our members' favorite charities. Last year, over a million dollars. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.